not all law students become lawyers. Now, as fascinating as that fact may be, there are a lot of concerns, especially with respect to making a choice which is not a direct result of a law school. One such choice is going for MBA. Now, there are a lot of questions around why one should really sit for MBA and what all opportunities can we actually explore with MBA. To answer all these concerns, ladies and gentlemen, on the One Take Show podcast is joining me, Mr. Shaurya Joshi. Shaurya is a supply chain manager at Bira91. He has finished his MBA from IIM Ahmedabad and his BALLB honors from Dr. Ramanulaya National Law University. In this episode, we will talk about the psyche that one goes through in order to take a decision for shifting from law to MBA and also understand what does it really mean to be in a law school and how can we utilize this time to explore various opportunities across the fields. Now, please be aware that this episode does not talk about the preparation strategies. For that, I have already spoken to Utkarsh. I will link the episode down in the description. In this episode, we will purely talk about why should law students consider MBA as an option. If you like this episode, make sure you like, share and subscribe. Hence, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's jump right in. Hello, so welcome to the One Take Show. What a pleasure it is to host you on the podcast because I believe every student, not just from Dr. Ramana Lohia National Law University, but everyone can really benefit from something that you have experienced and actually talk about. This conversation is going to help a lot of students across the board. Thank you so much for taking our time out of your really busy schedule, sitting down with me for this conversation, especially on a Sunday and benefiting so many students at once. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's quite a uh, privilege actually for me to share the kind of gyan I've received <laughs> for the past uh, whatever years and from the, my interaction with people and I don't have an issue sharing, sharing it with others. Lovely, lovely. I've always wanted to uh, sort of, I could not have met you uh, in person Abhitak because of the fact that you were the MCC convener the year I uh, did not join, I joined the very next year. Uh, the college when you were the MCC convener and I was always like okay I missed out on Shaurya sir I used to talk about Shaurya sir being the MCC convener but the entire idea that uh, you cleared IAM uh, you cleared CAT and uh, the story that inspired a lot of students in our college as well sort of to take up this entire career option this career trajectory and give them a new perspective is going to help a lot of students but before we get into that I think uh, there is this uh, an important section of this conversation that deals with your particular journey uh, what about your journey with Armel and uh, particularly with your journey in respect to uh, your engagement with activities or your experiences in law school? So what was your journey like? Sure. So I think Armel was a big uh, culture shock for me, first of all. Mm-hmm. Because I had lived in a kind of a privileged urban background mostly and coming to Armel itself was a bit of a shock. Just a little more background to that was that uh, I gave flight like uh, totally without any interest. I was interested okay. in other things in life, and I was th- as like that list less interested in flight because I messed up my preferences. My flight rank was three ninety four, okay, and yeah, I could have gotten a higher rank college. So uh, that was all in my first year. I was mostly lost that uh, perhaps I could, I could have gone there something like that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. having said that, army was a great learning experience for me, not just in terms of like uh, education per se or in terms of subject knowledge but I think the overall experience like because in when we are at home we stay in a very uh, kind of uh, privileged or kind of a very middle like 
we have all the limitations that we stand for but once mm-hmm. you go to college mm-hmm. that's when you really figure out yourself and then armel gave and this is the answer is but armel armel gives you one thing that most other colleges don't that is time absolutely you really figure out what you <laughs> want to figure, like want to do want, want to do in life you can do whatever you want in, in those five years law school either is a very long time to mm-hmm. do, do mm-hmm. things so and armel gives you more than that like armel gives you so much time to do, do things like you can be the best version of yourself or the worst version True, and true. that is something that's like a hallmark of any armel graduate that they have really got the time to think and figure things out so that way armel was a great experience for me i think i met some really interesting people over my course of five years and that's something that i really cherish also also armel if i compare to i am armel gave me something that i really got at the time i am gave didn't give me time at all so these it is very contrasting experience okay. of mm-hmm. those two years was visibly those five years But I think overall, law school was quite helpful to me. It gave me a lot of perspective in life, which I thought I was lacking when I went there. And yeah, right, right. And uh, when it comes to uh, like perhaps when we were previously having conversation before we started recording, you mentioned that there are certain things about uh, law school, particularly because before we get into IIM experience, I would love to somehow unpack this experience at Armel of yours. So we talk about this experience at Armel and experience at law school. You mentioned that you were not always interested in perhaps taking CLAT, but once you entered the law school, did not uh, like uh, that environment, they did not somehow try to influence you into uh, you know uh, being interested in legal field or uh, the activities sure. like mooting papers and stuff like that was that not sort of sure. uh, uh, alluring in a way so that's what so because i was not always interested in law when i went to law school so i was always figuring things out i was the first generation i am the first generation lawyer in my family so i didn't know mm-hmm. what is a good career for me right. so that, the one thing that i consistently did across the Four and a half years of law school when I was actually interested when I was working in law school was mm-hmm. I did a lot of in, like I I would figure things out like from my first year itself I started interning so my first second year internships were with uh, litigation lawyers I tried on litigation law like right from Tisazari district courts to Supreme Court to High Court to tribunals I did a lot of litigation internships then I tried in house I went for times. Then it told me that time to India NTP secure in-house internships. Then I went for corporate internships with Amar Chan, Trilegal, AZB. So I did the the traditional thing. I tried to figure is there a career option for me in law because I didn't know what I want to do. So I tried a more of a elimination matrix when I would try and do things and then see whether they're good for me. Because when you go to law school, it was like okay, if uh, if you like if you really want to go in the grind, then litigation is good. If you want to work hard and earn a lot of money, then Popular is good, but I was like, I don't know if it's good for me, right? So therefore, I would ensure I try and I try things out. Only when I tried them out and I figured out, perhaps this is not good for me. I mean, one of my biggest reasons for switching to an MBA or or switching or going for an MBA was this: the, the fact that I felt perhaps the employment opportunities that I have offered post law school are not good enough or are not good for me. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people really like law and are very interested and very passionate over law. I was not one of them. Okay. So therefore, I had to look for options outside law, and I could mm-hmm. not enter those fields with a, with a law degree. Like I could not enter marketing or sales or operation, whatever I'm, I'm doing right now, with a law degree. I had to have something else beyond that, and therefore, an MBA was something that really added a lot of value for me personally. For people who are interested in law mm-hmm. and 
although we are giving this answer later the discussion but i think for people who are interested in law they should really figure out things mm-hmm. what law offers absolutely and not really look at things outside mm-hmm. one of the biggest reasons i had taken up law earlier was for me to give civils because i thought okay. law will be a great subject and i i, yeah. I, I will have yeah. gs for that which something also i i, I for, for two years i was seriously preparing for civils as well i used to like make notes on current affairs i would study ncrt and i had done all that but then i got kind of disillusioned with the whole exam and everything which is a different story altogether but mm-hmm. i did try and figure some of my niche out in law school like in law school also i did loads of internships i did quite a few new boots i did i had a couple of i had four five paper uh, published published so i did a lot mm-hmm. of things in law school as well and absolutely that made me figure out perhaps this is not the best field for me and th- thus i wanted to move outside law Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I can relate to this uh, on so many levels. Uh, firstly, because I am also someone who will be potentially a first-generation lawyer. But apart from that, the fact that we are not really trained in a way to uh, perhaps know everything about the profession, maybe be litigation in house yeah. councils or uh, corporate practice. We just know that corporate practice is about fancy uh, salaries, and perhaps litigation is about. having interesting matters every day somehow if that makes any sense but the idea is that uh, okay these are the two fields but when you describe it like that perhaps what comes into my mind is that there are other fields to consider and if in case you are in law school it does not mean you have to end up as a lawyer or you have to end up Absolutely. as a lawyer i mean uh, majority of engineers don't do engineering work right True. most of them are working in finance or consulting or other other pm roles right they're not doing what they studied in uh, in the engineering colleges so why do right. you limit that to lawyers right yeah. i mean at at age, at the age of 18 or 19 i don't mm-hmm. know what i want to do at the age of 60 right so how can i right. fix my career that i mean i don't at the age of 18 i don't know what i'll want to do tomorrow how can i know mm-hmm. what i'll want to do 40 years later so at, at that age most of us are just figuring things out so mm-hmm. law with law school also you should first figure out with law like is there something that law offers like couple of my seniors who went moved into journalism like they law, they like law they like mm-hmm. but they like mm-hmm. like writing more and they now are pretty established journalists so it is not necessary that if you go into law school you should just be either working in a law firm or doing litigation i know couple of people who went to law school and are now doing policy consulting yeah which yeah. Is, i feel a very, very interesting field so you should really try and figure things out and First of all, be aware of what is happening around you. Just talk to more people. Just talk to different kinds of people, and mm-hmm. therefore, just get an understanding. Because if, like, I always, I, I don't even hurt mentality. I, I mean, if someone's doing something, I don't know if that's going to be good enough for me or not. So I should first experience it and then decide whether it's good for me. True. True. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, and also when I gave flat, I don't think there was like it was still in the early stages of flat. Mm-hmm. So there was not so much awareness about law as a career. Also, I think which is that over the past eight years since I've given CLAT, I think it's it's really grown. A lot of people more like now know about CLAT. I think CLAT is a lot more competitive exam now. Like we were the last batch to not have negative marking, which is this reason I was very lucky because okay. if there was <laughs> negative marking for us, I would not even got through. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, some things worked in my favor, which yeah. really helped me figure things out along the way. Okay. So let me ask you this, like uh, especially for uh, my audience who uh, is perhaps already in law school, and now after listening to this conversation, they would perhaps start contemplating about their possible career choices, which are different than legal field. For them, 
is there any utility to legal education because we listen to this one phrase that knowledge acquired never goes waste so is uh, your experience at law school were there any set of skills or essential attributes that you might have acquired which have really helped you despite of the fact that you did not stick with legal field and decided to move sure. away a little bit sure sure yeah absolutely i think law school which is one skill which is, i don't think taught enough in colleges in india that is communication Mm-hmm. So and to be precise, structured communication. So, like let's say when we are reading a case or when we are doing a case analysis in in, in our subjects, we will talk. We will try and see how the judges build the argument, how how the lawyers are going to structure the points, how each judgment is adding value. Which is something mooting really helps when you when an orator presents his speech, the, the structure that they have. That structure in arguments is not something that is common across a lot of people. at least okay. in, the, in, my, in the in the country mm-hmm. and it's it's not, it's not really a skill that is taught it's a skill a lot of people acquire by law school i feel it is taught we are taught to write answers like this we are taught to present our arguments in this format and that mm-hmm. really helps yeah the uh, subject knowledge that we acquire in law school may not help you in a regular in your day to day life but mm-hmm. that is true for every lawyer who graduates as well i mean how many Absolutely. lawyers who graduate from law school really use the law that they learned in law school right so mm-hmm. the job and school and college are two different aspects i mean the knowledge acquired in both is different i mean in a in a law firm let's say you may do some aspects of company law but most of the company law knowledge that you're going to use is transactional knowledge which is not not something law school can teach you therefore the like we should not Uh, like i feel we should not be wedded uh, wed- to the concept that oh because i've done law school i should only be using law like looking at law as a career option and i'm limited uh, i'm going to be limited to that no you're not no one really cares about what you've done as, as a degree as long as you are willing to work hard and are willing to acquire new skills so that that way i think it's just a wrong misconception it's, it's a misconception that we have in india i think per se that because mm-hmm. we do mm-hmm. certain skill that Yeah, I think the the bigger the bigger aspect of law school, like why is law school five years? Why do we have a B A L L B honors course which is five years rather than a traditional three year L L B course? Yeah. It was because a law cannot be taught, right? You have to it's something that you have to learn on your own. And over time, it, over the course of five years, once you study different things, you try and figure out okay, these are areas of interest that I have, or these are areas I don't have. But that is not so much limited to the kind of subject knowledge that you acquire it's more of the skills that you acquire mm-hmm. Where, like and i'm sure if you interview or, or if you talk to people who are working in law firms or in litigation offices what one skill that they are really grateful for law school would be would be to read cases or true. to search on ssc and manipatra no one true. really remembers because no, no one remembers the law that they learned law school i mean it's not really that helpful absolutely so mm-hmm. yeah i mean And, and I think we all are aware of the kind of quality of legal education in India. <laughs> so, if if you, if you learn on your own, then you can learn. Why you only learn law? You can learn so many other things on your own. True, true. All I would say at this point is that the quality of Indian education just went really uh, belly up in this time of uh, virtual communication and virtual oh, yeah, classes. Yeah. <laughs> but i i do agree with you there are two uh, points here firstly i think uh, every legal professional that i have spoken to through this medium uh, on my podcast have always pointed out that law school has taught them how to read law not exactly how to learn law so now they know how to absolutely. read and look for law absolutely 
Yeah. And it's a sort of a set of skill that you really acquire. But as you have mentioned here, that it does not mean that you still have to stick with law. Uh, one uh, fine guest on this podcast very uh, accurately, I think, mentioned that there is some sort of an investment bias that once students spend five years in a in a particular course, they just feel that it's it's an obligation sort of thing that they have to stick with this course and somehow try their hand at law. Uh, do you think is that one of the reasons why people can't uh, somehow decide to move away with it? So there's one concept that I've learned. In a, mm-hmm. Actually, it's a very common concept called sunk cost. Okay. I mean, it's like supposing you buy a mobile phone which you think is good at uh, at that point, but then mm-hmm. it's you can't use it and you're not comfortable with it. Do you still continue using that mobile phone, or do you like put it aside and perhaps move on to a different uh, device? It's the same thing in any in any form of life, right? I mean, I, I, I think it's very important to understand at 17, 18, very few people in life know what they want to do. I still don't know what I want to do in my life. Okay. So, wow. Okay. <laughs> no, because I, 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 I'm really sorry. I'm, I, I do, <laughs> that was not at all uh, sort of. I, I personally always felt that I do not have any idea as to what I'm really trying to do. But it's good to see that my seniors are still trying to figure it out. So I might have a little bit I of mean, time. I, I, I think everyone... And I think I think you should. Mm-hmm. Like there are very few people in life who know at that age of at 17, 18, and everyone not, not a such a talented to start playing for India and know that okay, I want to score. He's my runner. I want to, I want to be in the Indian team, right? So mm-hmm. we all are trying to figure things out across our journey, and I think that's why the journey is very important for us to really go through for us to learn at different stages. And therefore, why I shouldn't be wedded? Like I'm, I, I, I'm saying again, again that. Because, like, I'm not to discourage people from entering law. I think law is a brilliant profession. I think I know a lot of people who are doing really good in that mm-hmm. profession. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a perspective. My batchmates who went to law firms are perhaps earning almost comparable or more than me what I'm earning right now mm-hmm. without having spent so much money for uh, education. But yeah, there are benefits okay. also to it and there are mm-hmm. pros and cons to everything, right? So, Absolutely. it is not mandatory that you have to, or whatever you study in life, right? Supposing mm-hmm. there's a history on a student, it doesn't mean that that person has to really go and pursue history only. They can pursue whatever they want after that. I mean, LLB, mm-hmm. you in, in, in India, LLB is a secondary degree. It is not a primary degree. Correct. Correct. Because oh, you people, they want you to study something and then come for law and perhaps figure mm-hmm. out things on the way. True. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> we perhaps feel that although I would say one reason for that is because I think when I was there in law school or when I joined law school our fees was much lesser than what it is now I think the okay. fees has really gone high yeah. so a lot of people are like no I have to first recover that money and then look mm-hmm. for uh, options uh, so yeah. yeah that could be perhaps financial constraints could be a reason but we could not mm-hmm. explore other opportunities but if financial constraints are not an issue and you are not happy with what you're doing then we should always look, look for other options Okay, perfect. I think uh, finding answers with uh, respect to uh, these ground rules as you just laid them down is perhaps easier, sort of more effective to come to a solution, to a conclusion that might actually help our career trajectory. Uh, this brings I mean, me to... I mean, it's like if you, <laughs> if you, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, like, please, please. I say a lot of times, like, if you, like, a, there are kind of people who know what they want to do. <laughs> and if you're not one of them, then you have to just do it. And perfect. then you will know it's good for you now. Perfect, right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, as 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 I was saying that uh, 
this is exactly what brings me to my next question uh, which is that as you have identified that there are certain attributes and skills in law school that really help law students uh, or perhaps any professional uh, in any field whatsoever there must be certain aspects of let's say law school that you might have experienced were useless in a way that uh, did not really contribute much or something that you might or could have avoided uh, to have a little perspective from someone who is a senior and who has also experienced a similar law school experience that i am going to experience in the next two years what else uh, is there that i should look out for in order to avoid so uh, it's something i would always say about my law school experience that i have made a lot of mistakes in law school and the best part being i made a lot of different mistakes in law school <laughs> <laughs> that okay. really helped me along the way but one mistake i made not just lost but i am also which i just recently realized and i'm working towards is not focusing on my health i think no one no college in india or is focuses enough on the concept of physical or mental health i think that's wow. something that really mm-hmm. we need to understand early and oh. just work towards i think anyone who who knows who might met me in armel or i am would know that i was at the least concerned about my health I was extremely mm-hmm. fat, and that okay. was very, very un- unhealthy and, da- and also dangerous. Mm-hmm. So I, so a message I would really give to people who are in law school or in any college first year listening is please focus on your health. It's very important. Money is secondary. If your health is bad, you won't enjoy, you won't be able to enjoy the money. So first is focus on the health. Mm-hmm. Second. Continuing with that, I, I thought I lacked the discipline when I was in law school, like okay. because in RML there's so much time to do. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. try and put your hand in in every like I try, actually try and put my hand in everything. Mm-hmm. Like I was very seriously involved in multiple committee, but I also I would try and help some other committee with some other event management. I would just do doing something or the other. Always mm-hmm. I was always outside the room doing something or the other. So because I, I was not doing one thing properly. perhaps i can get the best experience out of it so it, you have to be like i feel that discipline something is really lacking in law school and just okay i would never have a structure like when i was working thirdly i think so one mistake i made in law school was not have plan b's i would always have a plan a and only just work on those planes like let's say if i'm focusing on a certain moot then i would be like okay Yeah, what? If, but if if I don't get through, then what? Then I don't have other option. Or like something, okay. a mistake I made a lot when I started writing papers was that I would write papers for specific uh, journals. Now, okay. if that journal, now let's let's say it's if, if it's an international investment arbitration journal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, if I don't, if my paper doesn't get selected, and a journal wow. selection procedure takes about six to eight months, right? So yeah. if my paper doesn't get selected, then the paper is a outdated. And B, then I have to start writing paper again. Yeah. So true. I was not smart in choosing those battles. Like, uh, rather it would be better to write on journal. Like, let's say first identify ten different journals. Okay, they are on similar topic. Why not write on this? Then we can apply in different places and let's see which, if I get through. So having a plan mm-hmm. B is very important. Like, not not don't put your eggs in all in one basket, which is a mistake true. I did a lot in law school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I mean, these mistakes. I think a lot of people make. We kind of mistakes, yeah. So just working to identify that, perhaps mm-hmm. we can. How how can we reduce our risk? Like even right. when I was preparing for MBA, I didn't have a plan B. I was like, no, I don't want to pursue law. And if I don't get a decent college after this, I don't know. Perhaps I would have thought of giving cat again. So right. that is very important that you have a plan B at every stage. I think. Uh... 
I I am uh, rather surprised because when you mention about your submitting papers and submitting written work to certain journals, that hits me because I have made a very similar mistake writing for one particular journal. That journal taking let's say five six months and then can rejecting your paper for uh, valid yeah. reasons in valid reasons. And now you can't do much about that paper. It's exactly. not contemporary anymore. That topic is not relevant anymore. Yeah, I, I have so many papers like this. In my, <laughs> like I wrote, I wrote my fourth year, which are like redundant. Yeah, like I could not use them anywhere, right? Fair. So, one thing I I, I had noticed a lot of people would do actually would they would identify like what the the subject that they have taken this year, mm-hmm. and then they would write papers which perhaps they can use as project submissions also. Yeah, that's smart. Which is something mm-hmm. a lot of people in law school don't take seriously. It is actually a great learning opportunity. Like projects are a brilliant learning opportunity, which I thought I missed out in law school. I mean. Uh... Uh, the other part that you talk about is uh, not having a plan B. I I can also sort of relate to that because uh, uh, obviously coming from a background where I have humanities in my plus two, and I think you would also agree with since you also are preparing for civils to prepare for examinations like civils judiciary, you have to put on hold all the other options such as finding PPOs jobs or finding a senior yeah. to work with and stuff like that. And in your case, it was preparation for CAT, which I'm coming to in just about 10-15 seconds. I'm really sorry to all my listeners, but uh, it's okay. I'll put in the time lapses. Uh, the idea here is that when we prepare for such examinations, we necessarily put off every such form of uh, backup plan that we have. Sure. Like, would you confirm that that is dangerous? Like, especially when it comes to examinations like judiciary and UBC, should we have a backup plan? For example, a job opportunity. So. I- Uh, this is a conversation I had with a lot of people. I don't mm-hmm. think you can club first of all uh, UPSC and judiciary together, yeah. because uh, UPSC happens every year. Judiciary does not happen every year. Yes, yes. That True. risk, and that is an immense risk, which I think a, a lot of people understand only after they get into the system. True. So, like exam like UPSC, CAT, are uh, annual exams. They will happen. What's ever happening? They they, they are yeah. bound to happen every. So, like one year, not then next year you can obviously take it again. But yeah, like so you have multiple attempt options. Yeah, unlike mm-hmm. judiciary, which happens in once in one half two years, and a court decision comes, and then all the exams get stuck for multiple years. So these are high risk exams. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that you should, if you're preparing for some exam, you should always like you should not be going all in. But then you should always have a limit. Like let's say when I so in my twelfth, uh, I was preparing for engineering at that time. I had a limit that if I get a rank lower than this, okay. then I will not look at engineering as a career option at all. Mm-hmm. And those are kind of limits I set for myself. That if I call it, let's say for CAT, if I do, if I get a percentile less than this, then I will not look at. I mean, if I had gotten a low percentile, I would not have scored CAT again in my life. So the same way for judiciary or some exams, you should have a kind of limit for yourself, or or for any such exam that okay. If after three four times I'm not clearing a certain stage, then perhaps mm-hmm. I should just give this up and move to other things in life, which are also very interesting. True, true. So, right. I mean, uh, this backup, like you should always have a, have like a walk away option in your life. Like, can I walk away from this? I would be too attached mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Agree. So, like, let's say if I did not become a, a, a committee pin, you know, if I do not. Get a paper. I should be okay with it. I mean, at that time, it was very emotional decision. Like, okay, I I want this in life and everything. But later, for us to realize that no, you should be okay walk walking away from things as well. And if you don't get them, like you should work very hard for them. But if you don't get them, it's fine. I mean, 
if i didn't got to that i would have to look at, look at other career options True, true. Which I don't know what, but <laughs> that's okay. We need that for career counselors. But I think your idea uh, of having sort of a versatility in your approach in career is extremely important. And I am taking a lot from this conversation. Uh, sort of making my own mental notes. I mean, obviously, I will be visiting this conversation again to somehow conceptualize my approach towards my career trajectory. Also, will be helping a lot of law students. But to coming to uh, a rather straightforward point here. Uh, which has been requested by so many of my listeners especially uh, uh my own batchmates or my friends from other law schools who have approached me and asked me cause to please do a session about opportunities in MBA or opportunities with any other such course uh, after law school i thought well who else to approach but uh, you sure. so a very generic sort of questions that you can conceptualize it for our listeners how uh, lucrative how successful or so how fulfilling of an opportunity is mba after law okay mm-hmm. uh if you start first monetarily which a lot of people are very con- concerned about yeah i would say not a lot <laughs> okay it's not i mean you uh, an mba in india is it do from iim will cost you 25 lakhs mm-hmm. which is something you can make on if you go to a decent law firm you'll be earning a lot more than that so money wise mm-hmm. perhaps not a lot okay guys stay for but for people like me who mm-hmm. were looking at jobs a job fulfillment level that perhaps what i'm doing is that interesting work and, and again i'm focusing on myself here because mm-hmm. i know people who like law and who like working law firms mm-hmm. and i perhaps am related to that but that doesn't mean that it's wrong or it's right i mean it's really an individual choice so for people like me who were not very interested in law firms mba is actually a great opportunity for me to explore different things like currently i'm working okay. at india 91 which is a beer company right? mm-hmm. and i and i work in the supply chain team where i'm handling wow. operation international international operations mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's not something i can do after law school right and i think i think i'm doing very interesting work bringing a lot of revenue to the company mm-hmm. so that for me like i would rather be doing this then be working let's say in a law firm on a transaction mm-hmm. so therefore mba was the uh enabler to me i would say that i can get these kind of opportunities also mba in india is kind of a societal validation more than anything else okay i mean because and i'm sure a lot of people from lower rank colleges would have experienced this kind of class structure if I, for the lack of a better term in law firms Mm-hmm. where in like yes. some law firms don't pay stipends to people from low low rank colleges okay. or some law firms don't give enough offers or internships to people from oh, low yes. rank colleges yes yes ha ah, agreed agreed so mba now again when i talk about mba it's different mba from iim abc is different from mba mm-hmm. from a low rank college true So, if you are, let's say, already from an NLU or from a top law college, and are considering MBA as option, you should only go if you get a top rank or an older rank, older IIM. Mm-hmm. That is only that's when MBA can actually add value to your career. If you go to a okay. low rank, like a tier three, tier four MBA college, just for the fact that you want to get out of law, then perhaps MBA may not really be that helpful for you. you perhaps look at other other examples, other opportunities. so it's very important for us to understand that i am a 
gave me the kind of so mba is nothing mba is not you don't learn anything much in mba except you get a thappa okay ha kiya he's employed mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. teaching anything in mba fair but what okay. is it at least i can now get entry into a lot of room which i would not have got earlier right that that mm-hmm. thappa gets me entry which okay. is a thappa i didn't have in rml i mean rml is an nlu right but you know how like, how how law colleges work right and mm-hmm. it happened so many times in law firms when i was interning where an associate would call they would ask for an association and i and i would go and i think i i'm free i can i can do work for you they be like okay what college are you from i would say rml like okay we'll talk to you later and then they call up and take some other from nlgs or nalsa which okay. i felt was extremely insulting for me i'm mm-hmm. like i might be working as hard as them I, i may not know enough law as them but I, i'm not being considered because of my college name that is wrong mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. therefore i wanted to work to getting that a brand associated with me which mattered for me I'm, i it may not matter to the people in other but it it mattered to me a lot okay and therefore mba gave me a kind of validation to really do with me now like i can now enter any company office and at least ask for an interview now and they might might consider me for at least an interview not for a job at least they will listen to what i'm going to say oh. i think that uh, somehow really explains a lot of questions uh, as far as why should we think about mba after law school i i mean there are two things i would like to highlight here for reiteration one is that you mentioned how uh, law schools in sort of an hierarchy experiences uh, uh, this different sort of uh, opportunities available to them which is extremely true rml experiences it as against uh, law schools like nls there are other law schools which are uh, perhaps uh, even worse in a condition as against yeah. rml but uh, the most important point that i uh, take away from this segment of the conversation is do not do mba just for the sake of doing mba do mba Absolutely. after law school if you get into a good college which adds value to your to your uh, and, sort and of and i profile. would really suggest like uh, you should only look at mba after like one of the biggest mistakes i made perhaps when i looked at my mba was go as a fresher mba okay. is a postgraduate program which adds a lot of value to your career mm-hmm. if you have work experience okay Okay, and again, I, I don't think a lot of your listeners would know this, but so in in IMs we have three kinds of at least ABC we have three placement opportunities. One is a summer placement, which is for internships. Mm-hmm. Second is for is lateral placement, and third is final placement. Mm-hmm. Now lateral placement is where the mon- companies come which pay the most. Okay, for, to be eligible for la- lateral placement, you need at least eighteen to twenty months of work experience. Else, you're not eligible to sit in those. Okay, wow, wow. So. If you're really spending so much money to go for MBA, you would also want a good, high-paying job, right? So the best mm-hmm. way to ensure you get a better-paying job is to be eligible for laterals, and therefore get 18 to 20 months of experience mm-hmm. before right. you really go in. Like, so in law school, I had done about 14 to 15 internships. So that's almost 14 to 15 months of I had worked. Like every yeah. vacation, I would never go home. I would just be interning. So I yeah. already knew what law was giving me, and therefore mm-hmm. I was like, no, I don't want this at all. Like I don't think that I. Enough value. Actually, your senior had had said this to me, wherein he had said that let's say, and I'll talk about this in terms of law. Let's say you want to mm-hmm. become a partner, Amachan, okay. or wherever in a top law firm. Mm-hmm. So this eight to ten years that you do is just a journey for you, because your ultimate goal is a partner. Or let's say you want to become in as, as a in house. Let's say you want to become VP of legal at at an in house place. Or mm-hmm. so. Or you let's say you want to become independent, so six to seven years of litigation. So once you know that what you want to do as a okay, that this is a position I want to go to, the journey to reach that position is just incidental for you. You will go to to whatever extent to get to that journey. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But let's say you are joining law firm and you don't want to become a partner. Right. Then mm-hmm. why are you joining? I mean, then makes sense. Uh, uh, perhaps money is the reason. Mm-hmm. But I, I, as a twenty, uh, is money should should money be a driving factor to influence your decision making? Is it different conversation altogether? I'm just saying that with that kind of clarity that I was not. I was very sure that. So I, this is a conversation I had with my father before I, I thought of switching. That he asked me, "What do you want to do in life?" I said, "I want to work for a couple of years in law firms." And he said, "In that third, fourth year, I had this conversation before I even thought of MBA as a." I said, "I want to work for a couple of years, then perhaps uh, give my GMAT and explore other opportunities." Let's say. Okay. Okay. Like if you after three four years if you want to do this, then why are you getting into it in the first place? Makes sense. Makes sense. At that point, I didn't know about little placements and the value of an MBA, but this is just a precursor conversation before MBA I had. And mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, I mean, perhaps I'm looking at this wrong. If I don't want something, why should I get into the whole rat race for it?" True, true. I think that uh, somehow sums it all up. Uh, I just have two very quick questions before we uh, somehow wrap this conversation up, uh, and they are sort of the most direct questions that I can have. Number one is that is there some sort of maneuverability available for students who move into MBA and perhaps can switch back into uh, legal sphere, or is there some of sort sort of an amalgamation that is available for work field that we can look forward to, or is there any maneuverability available for students? Uh, I think there's no there's no limitation per se, mm-hmm. no one stopping you, but. I don't think we would want. So let's say if as a fresher I go for an MBA, and okay. I then uh, want to join law firm after that. <laughs> so I will be joining law firm as a fresher. Okay. But the money that a law firm will offer to a fresher will be much lower than my batch average. So why would I? I would perhaps want to even take it. Fair, fair. So, it's that sad. And this and this problem amplifies a lot more if you go for a foreign MBA, which is super expensive. At least the, one of the main reasons why I chose in Indian MBA was that even if I'm making mistake, I, I didn't know if I'm doing the right decision. I at that point mm-hmm. I just thought, like we're just doing things. Kya, kuch karna hai, and the, the elimination matrix makes it for us. I'll try and see if an MBA and if it doesn't work out, look at how many else are there. So MBA Indian MBA was much cheaper than a foreign MBA. And I could do an MBA in 25 lakhs. A foreign MBA will cost one and a half crores. So wow. actually, mm-hmm. I was like. At least वो गलती कर रहा हूँ तो at least सस्ती गलती करो कि बहुत ज़्यादा impact ना पड़े but right, on, right. A, on a on a serious note at least like I'm not sure of so many cases of people who have wanted to switch back to law firms but if people who like a law firm structure consulting is a great career option I mean a lot of the top consultancies that are making the main BCG were mm-hmm. modeled on law firms only so mm-hmm. working style is very similar or org structure is very similar. So consultancy becomes a great career opportunity for those people who like law firm life, and want to go and want to go into that. But direct entry into law firms, I don't know. This I don't think anyone will stop you. But I don't. I'm not so sure how much value it adds to go back to a law firm. Like if you really want to be doing well in a law firm, then just stick to the law firm and then perhaps do an LLM. It's lesser time investment, one year course. Also. Right, right. I think uh, that answers this question. Uh, and my last question to you here is that while you were in law school, uh, with respect to preparation strategies, 
how could you manage this law school life with preparation i want to necessarily get deep into uh, your preparation and study matter and strategies because i think uh, that has been enough talked about i mean you have talked about it uh, quite very much and there are ample amount of resources with respect to preparation for cat uh, but with respect to a law school's a law student's perspective how could you yeah. manage your time and prioritize and uh, sure, strategize sure. and so uh i had decided in the january of my fourth year so that's i gave cat in 2016 december mm-hmm. in 27 2016 january is when i decided i'm going and i and i graduated in 2017 just for some context so i decided that i'll give cat uh but i was also doing a couple of i was doing an international meet so i i i i started i joined the coaching uh, yeah I, i took a coaching i joined a coaching but i didn't i didn't do it seriously for three four months because i was busy with Or with the mooting MCC work, or with my moot, so mm-hmm. it got on the back burner. However, law school offers again. I'm saying it. Law school, law school is a great concept. That's time. So yeah. the, the three month vacation that people get to intern, mm-hmm. I utilized for preparing. So I okay. finished my whole course. I started doing mocks. So mm-hmm. CAT is not really an exam of subject knowledge. It's just time management. True. So the more mocks you give, the more exam practices you do. That that's how you get better at it. Mm-hmm. So in three months, when I finished the course and everything, after that it was just a weekend. Every weekend we would go and we would do mocks mm-hmm. at a center. So that I I get a center feel also. I know how center how exam how to time myself. And that's a almost every weekend without fail. If I'm not going for exam, I would give one exam. Okay. Sitting in the, in the library, but yeah, one mock I would try and do every week. Okay, but once college opened, I had a lot of other work also with MCC or just college work in general. So the time investment went down, but I had deprioritized everything else. So that actually brings me one of the biggest thing that filter. When I realized that uh, after fourth year that I don't want to pursue law, so everything else was then uh, which, which I was doing in law pursuit, like subject wise, was just a wastage of my time, right? Right. So right. I would try and filter things out like. Uh, is this necessary for me to do? If not, can I mean, if uh, let's say if, if there's a reading which I should go to class and do, and I, I would like, is this necessary for me? Is this going to mm-hmm. add value to my MBA prep or not? If not, then I don't think I need to do it. Right. So right. that filter was very important, which I got in my fifth year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, committee work was something which always which was a big priority for me for the longest mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but. The rest, it was just give exams regularly. Just give exams. They were. If you want to do something, you figure you figure out how to do. It. Perfect. Right. Right. I mean, uh, if, and if you don't figure it out how to do it, then perhaps you don't want to do it. That's how. Okay. Bluntly, I, I, mm-hmm. I look. I look at it. I mean, it's it's quite obvious because preparation for CAT is something that is quite uh, available. Uh, the resources are available, coachings are available. You have a lot of resources. All you have to do is just make up your mind and start preparing for the same. And perhaps we can learn about yeah. managing your law school life with CAT from your experience. And I think this entire conversation will do two major things, and I can point them out uh, uh, for everyone. Is number one, give them a perspective about. how and why to approach law school with a certain form of open mindedness so as to have uh, your areas open your opportunities open in different fields and second is obviously people who are interested in having mba as a career trajectory should always uh, think about these things have a clear mind because i personally have uh, really started thinking about what exactly is it that i really want to enjoy doing 
and perhaps I need to start thinking about them. So uh, I, this entire conversation really adds so much value to everyone who tunes into this podcast. Thank you so much for taking time of your really busy schedule sitting down with me. Do you have any closing remarks for our listeners? I mean, nothing. I said, but just that I would really encourage people to just get out of their room. I felt okay. a lot of people in law school just didn't get just always limited to what they were doing. So just get out of your room and do things. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest value that I got from law school was to meet a committee, and that was one of the biggest moving is one of the biggest uh, position responsibility in a law school, an MCC convener. And I thought I learned so much about group team management or whatever, uh, and just about how to handle. People that through a motor committee, which helped me a lot, even MBA. So I would just say, and, and but I didn't do all that with the objective of doing uh, <laughs> a perhaps healthy life, life. But because I got it, I met a lot of different people. I learned from the experiences. Mm-hmm. Therefore, perhaps I was I, I had a perhaps an edge when I was applying for uh, MBA. So, so that a lot of people ask me when they're in the first year, or they text me on, on LinkedIn or something like that that in the first year should we start applying for CAT? I said no. Yeah, first mm-hmm. you don't prepare for that. Just okay. do things what you just first figure out is law good enough for you. If mm-hmm. if it's not, if you're not interested in law, then at your fourth year. But in the meanwhile, do as much as you can. Like okay, go and intern. Just madly go and intern. Madly just go and work with committees to take to moots, and always have a plan ahead. Like how do you plan ahead for yourself? Like how do you want to leave an impact? Also, I mean, it's very important for you to leave an impact in your in your college. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, just go out of your room, do things, and get out of your comfort zone. I think that's something that perhaps I would really encourage a lot of more people in law schools because it's five years. People really get very lazy. I would say at, at the end of it, yeah, chalo chalo niklo niklo. But that's not how. I mean, it's going. It's five years of your life. I mean, if you live for sixty, so almost one twelfth of your life, it's just gone in law school. It's, it's mm-hmm. a very very big. It's a very big time investment. And I would sure. really encourage people to, if they, to just utilize it in some form or whatever, just positively, not not negatively, but just use it for something. I mean, just try and figure their niche. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's that, that's the only thing I would really encourage people. Not, and not limited law in general, whatever they're doing, whatever college that they are, whatever stream that they are pursuing, just go out and do things. Wonderful, wonderful. I think that sums it up. The idea of. Uh, being more enterprising, having that uh, mindset, going out, experimenting more. Uh, if in case you're in law school, not sure about law, but at least we should exploit every opportunity that we are given in law school so that we are sure about the fact that we are uh, not, uh, we need to explore more with other opportunities. I think this is the conversation that was indispensably required on the One Take Show, the kind of conversation that will really add value to every listener. And I had a wonderful time chatting with you. I hope you had a good time too. Sure, it was a great time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us for this amazing conversation. The One Take Show is now available on 10 platforms. If you want to watch this conversation, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The One Take Show. Please consider rating this podcast if you use Apple Podcasts so that I can reach out to more and more people. If you have any suggestions and feedbacks, make sure you reach out to me. I would absolutely love that. And ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourselves. Stay strong. I'll see you next time.